0: Today, what I really want you to get—we're talking about missions. What I really want you to get is that task and mission are two very different things. And sometimes, what we do is, is, is we equate the two the same thing. Okay? Now, I've got a good bit of information here at the very beginning, so I want to go ahead. I want to I kind of read with you because I don't want to get bogged down in it. All right? So, uh, people who don't get the mission. This overall mission, whatever the mission is, what it is that you're supposed to be doing for God. Like there is a mission for the church, but then there, you know, you have individual mission for your life. People who don't get that, they become focused on tasks thinking that they're on mission. Even though they don't get the mission. You may have had a job. I don't know, you had a job where, where maybe, uh, you know, they, you just came in, they said, hey, we, we want you to sort all the gym clips today. You know, and you know, I've, ne- I've never had a job where I just sorted gym clips. But, you know, I've had jobs kind of like that where it said, hey, we want you to do so and so, And instead of giving me the big picture, of, here's the mission. Here's what we're trying. Sort the gym clips. And you're just doing menial tasks or whatever. Uh, that, that's kind of what we're talking about here is, is if you don't get the mission, you're just doing menial tasks. But being busy is not the same thing as being on mission. And and what uh, a lot of people do is, it's when they don't have purpose or meaning in their life, they don't really get it, they haven't figured out what it is they're supposed to be doing, what the mission is, and then what they do is they just add more stuff to their life. Well, I I just don't have meaning, purpose, so I'll add some more things. But you can't add enough stuff to your life. Adding more tasks does not give you purpose. It doesn't put you on mission. It's the other way around. The tasks are really the way that we make the mission happen. It's the difference in being task-oriented or mission-minded. Now, which do you want to be? Come on, which which do we want to be? Do we want to be task-oriented? Do we want to be focused on tasks, or do we want to be focused on mission? Be mission-minded. Complete the task. Yes, the tasks are good. You've got to have the tasks because that's how we fulfill the mission complete the task but don't lose your focus from the mission when you get the mission you understand you grasp it oh yes this is it and you'll have a lot of tasks to but don't lose focus on the mission okay here, here let me explain a little bit more here if i can is people that get it people that get it in minute they get what mission is to them Serving is not driving a golf cart or, or making coffee or, or playing guitar or spinning cotton candy at a community event or, or handing out hot dogs. For people who get it, they understand what mission is and what the mission, and their own mission. For people who get it, serving is the means by which the mission becomes reality, you know, they're not just driving a golf cart or, or, or making coffee or playing guitar. The things that they're doing, uh, these aren't, they're not menial, monotonous tasks. These are the tasks that enable us to get there because it's the mission that is the thing. It's not the task. It's the mission that is And, and, and see, and I think that's where a lot of people miss it is, is they focus on the task and they don't realize, man, it's the mission that's important. In the same way, people who get it To them, giving is not, it's not writing a check. It's not trying to dig up some money so I can give something to God today. It's not saying, well, how much should I give God because he's really been good to me, but how little can I get away with, you know, kind of a thing. To people who get it, Giving is not like that. To people who get it, giving is not writing a check. Giving is funding the mission that God has called us to. You see, there are levels of givers. I mean, there are people, and I I don't mean the amount. I mean the heart of giving. I mean, there are people who who give because they feel like they have to, and and people who give because they feel like they're investing, they're sowing seed. But I think the highest form is is when you really get the mission. And, And those people, they give because they know their funding mission. Ministry is happening because of that. Okay, one, one more little thing here in this area, kind of maybe explain a little bit more of this. You know, when, when I was a kid, I mean a little kid back in Sunday school 10 or 15 years ago, you know, something like that, right? Who is that laughing so loud back there about my 10 or 15 years ago? <coughs> Uh, oh, it had to be an Argo. Yeah, it had to be an Argo. Uh, when I was in Sunday school, I remember we had these attendance charts. Now, I've seen them in school also, you know, public school, but I really remember those in Sunday school. And I don't remember if we got them every quarter or every year or whatever, but we'd get those, hang them on the wall. Now, the OCD part of me really got upset with the teacher because the teacher, when, when the teacher would write our names down, the teacher wanted us all to be in alphabetical order, but they didn't leave any spaces. So when somebody new came to the church that year, they had to write their name in at the bottom, and we were, now we were all out of alphabetical. They should have left some spaces for that, right? Okay, totally different subject right there. That wasn't the thing that really bothered me the most about the attendance chart. I loved watching that. I, actually, sometimes I would I'd get a little bit focused on that and probably not hear what the teacher was saying, because I was looking at all those stars, because every week that you showed up, you got a star. You know, every week had a column, and every Sunday you got a star, you know? And most of the time, I was in the, I don't, I don't know about you, but man, growing up, when I was a kid, some, if, if, if we missed church, somebody was sick, you know, there was, there was some problem or whatever. And I was almost always, all of my whole row was, was filled up. But sometimes, you know, there'd be one, one little star missing. And it was like, I couldn't even look at the rest of the stars, I could just look at that empty place. And it was like failure. I failed because I was sick that week and I couldn't be there, you know? And, and, and that was what was so, so important to me. I mean, it, 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 that, that was even more important than us not being in alphabetical order anymore. I, I would stare at that at times, looking up there and just looking at it and so dejected that I couldn't have 100% attendance for this semester or year or whatever that was, you know? It was just bothered me that much. But can I tell you something? It's not about the star anymore. You know, and there are a lot of people that still, I think they go to church like God's got a big attendance chart up in heaven and he's putting a star by their name. You know, you showed up today, so guess you got a star by your name today. And I think there are people that are still showing up at church because they think God's keeping record that way. But people who get it, they're way beyond the star. The people who get this, they understand that attendance has, has, it is a power of presence. They understand that attendance is a way they support the mission through the power of presence. You know there's a power in presence? If you are a mean or negative person, when you walk in the room, you have power in your presence. Amen, right? But if you have a good attitude, you see, that's what, that's what people who get it understand, that if I go if I go to church or I go to a small group with a good attitude, man, the power of my presence is gonna have an impact today. If I'm a person who, who, who walks in and, and I'm the person who believes that no matter what you've been going through this week, I believe that God can, can heal you or help you or, or rescue your marriage or whatever, you know what? There is power in the presence of a person like that who shows up for church. You know, and people who get it, they understand that. So, 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 you know, if you're a task focused person, you know, you're maybe, maybe you are just doing little menial tasks or, or maybe you are just writing a check or, or maybe you are just getting a star beside your name. But if you get the mission, if you understand it, if you understand what this whole thing is about, then you're not just serving or uh, you're not just giving and you're not just attending. You're doing things that are making the mission happen. And you understand that. Okay, so that's, that's kind of like the informational, like, so let's get to some story, right? Because that's the name of this sermon series is the rest of the story. So let me take you to one right here. It's the story of Noah. Okay, talk about task and mission. The task was build a boat. But that's not the mission. The mission is save his family. You know, and in Genesis 6, verse 18, God says, I will establish my covenant with you, Noah, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. So you know, maybe, maybe at first when God's telling Noah about this whole flood thing and going to build the ark and all of that, and, you know, Noah's maybe a little bit on board. But all of a sudden when God says, and your family is going to be saved, now guess what? The boat is not just a task anymore. We're talking about mission now. The mission is to save my family. Imagine Shem, Ham, and Japheth. You know, he had the three sons. Imagine one of them, maybe all three of them, but imagine one of them just isn't getting it. You know, they're just not getting it. And so every day we're working on the boat. Every day we're doing the task. Every day we're working on the boat. And so one day, you know, one of his sons comes to him and says, come on, Dad, we're building this big old huge boat. We're not going to be done for months. If we take just one day off today and go fishing or something else, it's not going to kill us to do that. And Noah says, but the mission, but the mission. I know, Dad, we got to get the boat built. And Noah said, no, 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 the mission, the mission. But imagine that one day the light finally goes on in, 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 in his son's mind. And he says, oh, there's a flood coming. People are going to drown, but... When we get the boat, we, our family can be saved, then all of a sudden, oh, I get it. Now I understand the mission. That's the difference in tasks and mission. And there are a lot of people still today, there are a lot of people still building boats. I mean, people who are working in church, they're building boats, but they don't get the mission. People in, in church today, people who are showing up early and you know and sweating to make sure everything happens because they're doing the task, but they don't get the mission. And that's that's why this is so important. You need to get the mission. Let me show you why it's important. It's when the flood was over, Noah plants a vineyard. Now, I don't know if you know much about vineyards. I know a little bit about muscadine vines, but he plants some kind of grape vineyard of some kind of family of grape. He plants Takes a little while for that to grow, takes a little while for the grapes to to uh, for to actually produce grapes. Grapes get right. This wasn't something he did one day and the next. This is He planted a vineyard. It took a while for that to happen. He pressed the grapes. He made wine. Takes a little while for that to ferment. What I'm telling you is he had a lot of effort going on here. One day then he begins drinking the wine that he had made from the vineyard that he planted and he gets so sloppy drunk, he ends up falling out, passing out in his tent naked and something horrible happens. We don't even know what it is. The Bible just tells us something some, something bad has happened, but the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what happens. And, and, but it's so bad that Noah ends up cursing one of his grandkids. Okay, I'm a granddad. I've got two granddaughters and a grandson. Any of you grandparents with me here on this that I can't imagine anything in this world happening so bad that I would curse one of my grandkids. I can't imagine that, how bad this would be. But here's the worst part of that, is it didn't begin, the problem didn't begin with the grandkid, the problem began with Noah. He was the one that grew the vineyard, he was the one that made the wine, he's the one that got sloppy drunk and passed out and all of that, he's the one. He ended up cursing one of his own grandkids because of something he did. Here's the thing. Is Noah may have known what the mission was at first, but he began to lose sight of it. And when the, when the flood was over, he forgot. He forgot that the mission was to save his family. And instead of saving his family, he ended up being a stumbling block that was there. Noah forgot the mission was about saving his family. He built the boat. He built, the boat was built, the task was done. And there's the danger. When you focus on the task, you don't get the mission completed. If your mission is to raise kids who know Jesus Christ, if your mission is to, is to raise a great family and, and save them through the struggles they get, struggles are going to keep coming. And so you're going to co- constantly have tasks, and tasks will get, will be over at times, but what you've got to do is focus on the mission because the mission will never be over. As long as there is breath, the mission will never be over. Noah forgot. Let me take you to another story. David. David, he had a task and a mission. His task was to bring Israel to victory and he brought them to many victories, but his mission was to bring Israel to know God. Totally different though, isn't it? And and David I, I, b- I believe David was the man for it, and he did it. You know, because David david had a heart for God. That's what God said about him. He was a man after my, my, my own heart. Uh, David actually wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant, which is the symbol of the presence of God. He wanted to get it back to Jerusalem so bad that it took him two attempts. And when the first one went went awry and they had problems, you know, a lot of us would have said, well, man, I can't, I, I can't touch that then. But David, he wanted the presence of God so badly that he went back and tried a second time to bring the Ark. And, and then later in life, David also wanted to build, build a temple, the very first temple for God. God said, no, you've been a man of blood and battles and war i'm gonna let your son build the temple but david wanted to in his heart okay this is this is what David, david understood the mission was to lead the people lead israel to god but then there was that one night if you're reading with us in the bible project just a couple of weeks ago we read about that one night that david forgot what the mission was it's 2 Samuel chapter 11. And, and, and if you aren't reading the Bible project with us, if you go to the Sunday's page that Brent was talking about, go to the sermon notes, you can click on that link. It'll take you to the story. This story is, uh, I mean, it, 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 you could write a book about this one chapter right there. It, it is just amazing everything and not amazing in a good way. I mean, it is amazing all the stuff that happened right there in that one chapter. So if you're not in the Bible project with us, go read that today. Okay. 2 Samuel chapter 11 about this big, he, David just forgot what the mission was. But there was another, that was, that was big, David's big sin. But David had another error in his life. And, and he had a son named Adonijah. And that, that's not a name you remember a whole lot. You don't say that, you haven't heard it preached a whole lot. I forget about Adonijah. And when we were reading about him this week, again in the Bible Project, I'd forgotten about Adonijah as well. And I was going to talk about David, and then I was reading this, oh, and I had to throw this in here as well about Adonijah. You remember about Adonijah? Now, Adonijah, before David had died, Adonijah tried to take the throne. He didn't want Solomon to get it, so he tried to take the throne while David was still alive, while David was still king. His own son tried to take his throne. But here is the most distressing, discouraging, horrible part of it is in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 6. Adonijah's father, David, Had never rebuked Adonijah by asking, why do you behave as you do? His dad, King David, never even ever asked his son, why do you behave the way you do? If he didn't ask that question, I guarantee you there was no discipline whatsoever in the household of David. And we know that it wasn't just Adonijah, it was Absalom. And even King Solomon, now we're reading about King Solomon and what we're finding out now at the end of this week, we've been reading about King Solomon, finding out David didn't even pass his love for God down to his own sons, Adonijah, Absalom, and King Solomon. Those were just a few of his sons. He didn't pass any of that down as we watch what is going on. Now we're adding the story, reading in the Bible project and it's like, well, wait a minute, David. See, here's here's, here's the the, the horrible thing is because David had the mission, he got it, but he lost it. He lost the mission. David led an entire nation to God, but not his own family. How horrible. And and I've often often, uh, paraphrased. You remember when Jesus said, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And I've often paraphrased that to, to, to think say it this way, what would it profit a man to reach the whole world but not reach his own family? You know, and I've seen ministers do that. Get caught up in, the, get caught up in the, 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 the mission and then all of a sudden you get caught up in the tasks. And if you get drunk, I am fully convinced that our number one mission field is the family that God has given us. I believe my number one mission field is my wife, my two children, their spouses, and my three grandchildren. I'm going I'm to blow some of your, your minds here, right here. You, you're not going to believe your pastors probably said this when I say this. I pray for my kids before I pray for your kids. Now, listen, if you text me and you got an emergency, I'm not going to say, no, wait a minute, let me pray for my kids. I, no, I don't mean that. I mean, in a normal, I'm praying for my kids, my grandkids, before I'm praying for yours. You know why? Because if you're a parent, God gave you to them to pray for them. I'm supposed to augment your prayers. I'm supposed to supplement. I'm supposed to support your prayer. Our prayer team is supposed to encourage, but you are the one. You're the one giving these. Our, Our number one mission field is our own families, and it starts with your parents. If your parents aren't they don't know Jesus. That's your, that's your number one mission field. Your spouse isn't following God. Your spouse is getting away from, that's your number one mission field. Your kids, your siblings, they don't know Jesus. That's your number one mission field. And man, Easter's coming. And this is, this is our time. It is right here. It's our. I, I, um, let me, I, I got to hurry here. Um, I, I will go ahead and go through this list as quick as I can. Okay, because I, I really need to hurry is that Noah forgot the mission was not about a boat. David forgot the mission was not about battles. King Saul forgot the mission was not about power. Eli's sons forgot the mission was not about dinner. You remember that story? I mentioned it a few weeks ago, and we read about it also in the Bible Project. So, and, and Solomon forgot the mission was not about his own kingdom. The mission is about people. Noah... It's not about a boat. It's about saving his family. It's about people. Uh, David, it's not about winning a battle. It's about the nation, the people of Israel, and his own family. <coughs> it's, it's about the people in our lives. It's about your family. That's what the mission is about. We can't lose this. Okay, so let, let, me, let me tell you another story real quick. Give you a little bit background, uh, a little bit deeper, the rest of the story with Moses. Moses was someone who knew this. He knew the mission. So so, so what, what, what was the mission for Moses? to eat today. Now, how many of you, that's one of your missions, you don't have to raise your hand, that's one of your missions today, all right, is to eat today. You know, I'm, pl- I'm planning on eating lunch, right? I actually, when I was a kid, I had a pastor that he, he used to say from time to time, he'd say, you know, all week long, the noon meal is called lunch. But he said, on Sunday, I don't want lunch. I want Sunday dinner. After church, I want some dinner. You know, so some of you, you may say, yep, that's the mission today, is to eat today. And you know what, there's scripture, we won't take time to read the scripture. There were many of them. That's just one of the verses where Israel, they thought that was the mission. They thought that was the mission. Was to, we gotta eat, we gotta eat. Moses, you're not feeding us. We're hungry. They thought that was the mission. Wrong. The mission was to get Israel into the promised land. If they get to the promised land, they're going to eat so much every single day. They're not even going to remember walking around in the wilderness and being a little hungry. The mission is about reap, but everybody doesn't get. I mean, you see it right there in that verse. Everybody doesn't get the mission. Everybody doesn't get it. Everybody doesn't embrace it. Everybody doesn't understand it. And one group of people that doesn't, they're in that verse right there, is complainers. I tell you this. And I thought this week, I really thought back. I thought about all the people that I have pastored who had a spirit or an attitude of complaining. You know, they just had a complaining attitude. They're going to complain about anything that happens. And you know what? I have never, in, in my memory, I have never encountered someone with a complaining spirit who guided the mission. If you get the mission, you're not complaining because you understand the mission so those of you who have a complaining spirit, how about getting the mission so those people who live with you don't have to keep putting up with you know the, all the stuff that you, okay, no elbows being thrown here right now, okay, and all that, right, come on, get it! get it, you know, get it. But you know, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, like being on that long trip and the kids not understanding, you know, and they keep asking how much longer are we there yet? And all that is because they don't get the whole mission. They're, they're focused, you know, get it. Okay. Here's the last one I'll share with you. Okay. And it leads really well into this right here. Caleb, Caleb, I love Caleb. I love the story of, I love who Caleb is and God did too. Caleb understood that tasks are about today, mission is about the future. Here's what God said about Caleb. I told you I love Caleb, God did too. Numbers 14, 24, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. There were a lot of Israelites that said, Almost the entire nation said, we don't want to go. We're scared of that. We don't want it anymore. But God says, I'm going to take Caleb there because he has a different attitude. He doesn't have a complaint spirit. Let me me say this about Caleb. Caleb did not bellyache about the food. He was not a complainer. You know why? Because he got it. He understood it's not about having lunch today. It's about getting into that promised land that is flowing with milk and honey and we will eat so much every day. We will eat until we're full and there will still be enough. As a matter of fact, what Caleb was trying to do was help Israel see if you will just trust and believe God, if you'll just trust God, he is about to take you into a place that you will have more food than you can eat. He was not a complainer. Why? Because he got it. He got it. He understood it. You know, uh, he he, he got, and and here's the thing. If you know, he didn't have a lot of questions. He didn't have a gripes. He didn't have complaints. He didn't have the questions because if you get it, it answers your questions. When you understand what the mission is, it answers a lot of your questions. Let me explain to you. I've got to throw this one at you, okay? Got to get this to you. For example, if the mission is to provide for your family You don't lay in bed tomorrow morning and ask the question, should I roll out of bed and go to work today? Now listen, I I know we take days off, we take vacations. That's not what I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about. On an average daily basis, if the mission is to provide for your family, the question has already been answered, do I get out of bed and go to work? Got it? Understand? You know, you don't lay there and say, I wonder, am I going to work 40 hours this week? No! (laughs) The, 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 The mission has already answered the question for you. When you get the mission, you don't have as many questions, you don't have as many gripes, you don't have as many complaints. Let me give you another example. If the mission is to have an awesome marriage, okay, that mission has already answered every single question you have about relationships with members of the opposite sex. Let that sink in just a minute. For example, you don't have to be thinking. You don't have to ask the question. Well, this friendship I've got with this member of the opposite, I wonder if that should go a little deep. If the mission is to have an awesome marriage, That mission has already answered that question about whether you need to be in a deeper relationship with a member of the opposite sex. Are you getting, do do y'all need me to point, to just get a little deeper with that? Are we getting this? You understand what I'm saying? When you get the mission, it answers a lot of your questions. The mission is why. The mission is why. That's why you can't be task focused. You gotta be mission minded. Because when you get the mission, the mission answers so many of the questions. Let me tell you this real quick about Caleb, and I'll close. Is in, in Judges chapter 14. Caleb comes to Joshua and he gives, gives, gives us a little history lesson and reminds Joshua. He says, Joshua, when, we, when, when you and I were about 40 years old, he was actually 40. He said, when I was 40 years old, we looked over this land. And, and 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 I was going up through that hill country. And you remember, you remember, all the rest of Israel didn't want to come, but God said, He told Moses, He said, because Caleb wants, because Caleb wants to follow Me with his whole heart, the land that hill country that he walked on today is going to belong to him. And he says, now I'm 85 years old. God kept me alive those 40 years that we wandered in the wilderness. From that day, God kept me alive 40 years while we wandered in the wilderness. And now I'm 85 years old, five more years have passed. What have they been doing? They have been going into the promised land and possessing the land. They've been fighting battles. They've been they've been defeating very barbaric people, doing despicable things. People that were sacrificing their kids to idols in the fire, burning their kids alive to idols. People that people that were doing despicable sexual things and calling it their religion and their worship and service. And, and the Israelites were driving them out for five years. And now Caleb says, and here I am, 85 years old. Now, that's what he's saying in all those verses, okay? You, you can read that. Go to the link on Sunday's page. It'll take you right to it and read. He says, I'm 85 years old, and now it's time I had my mountain. Why did he fight five years? I think there's two reasons. Why didn't he just walk in and say, okay, that's my mountain. See you guys. Why did he fight for five years? One, because he understood the mission. The mission was not for him to have his mountain. The mission was for Israel to have the promise. He understood the mission. Secondly, if he had just run to get his mountain, there he would have fought because, and, and not helped Israel to get their place. If just his tribe got their place and he didn't help Israel, he was going to be fighting the rest of his life to hang on to that mountain. Because those... those Barbarian, those hordes of marauders, they were going to continually come against him. And you know what? If he didn't help Israel when there, Israel was not going to help him hold on to his. And if Israel didn't get the whole promise, he was never, his descendants would never be able to hold on to that one little bit of it. He understood that. He, he got it. He understood it. And because of that, because of that, he was able to get his land and hold on to it. Um, here's the thing you need to see in this: is that being on mission with God is a team sport. This is not about let me get mine, you go get yours, let me get mine. Being on mission with God is a team sport. That's why somebody, some people, rather just do the task. They don't want to be on a team. It's a team sport because I tell you this: if you live for yourself then when the battles come, you're going to be fighting all by yourself. Because if Caleb had been sitting on his mountain, safe and secure, and a a band of marauders came, he couldn't call for Israel because he had not fought with them. They wouldn't go fight with him. If you're not not part of the team, you're coming to a battle one day that there's going to be nobody there. And you're going to say, why did, and it's, it's not going to be because they don't, it's going to be because you haven't. This is a team sport being on mission. So I challenge you, listen, I could preach for a month on Caleb. I love the story of Caleb, even though a lot is not there about him. I think there's a lot that's not said. I think there's a lot that's said because of what isn't said, but I know Caleb wasn't perfect. And just like, I know you're not perfect. So so let me, let me give you a little, let me give you a little challenge here and, and, and a little bit of maybe help with this. You are going to mess up. You were going to make mistakes. You're not going to be perfect in your tasks, in your efforts. But what you need to do is you need to aim for perfection on mission. You see, that's, that, I think that's part of the story of the Old Testament is we see these guys messing up, but we see God still blessing them. Why? Because they were messing up, but they're still on mission. And God was blessing them because they were still on mission. And they, were, they would repent and God would fix it, and, but because they were still on mission. Or sometimes they would just mess up by making a mistake or or making a bad decision. Maybe not sin, just whatever, but God was still blessed. Why? Because they were perfect on mission. Aim for perfection on mission and the tasks will take care of themselves. You'll be able to do the tasks and you'll be blessed by God to do them and do them in the right way and stop making so many mistakes and decisions if you will aim for perfection on mission. And so I, I, I think a lot of us, I know quite a few of you grew up in the time, like I did, where even the church was about task, 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 task instead of mission. Focus on the mission. Focus on the mission and aim for perfection on the mission. Can I ask you to join me at the front, if you will? If you're a first time attender, we like to close around front with a final song and a final prayer. And if you feel comfortable, we'd love to have you join us here just for this last, last little bit. Just come on. You're welcome to join us if you feel comfortable. (laughs) Anybody know what next Sunday is? Easter. Easter. And you know what else it is? It's an anniversary. It's the eighth anniversary of Church 2911. Woo! There are a few people scattered out here that were there at the launch, and uh, you've been here the whole time. And the rest of you got here just as fast as you could, didn't you? And I'm glad that you made it. And so you're here for the eighth. Next Sunday is Eastern. Let me tell you this. Talking about mission. What is our mission? Our mission is to reach those who don't know Jesus. You know, we got about 180 people who regularly attend 29, 11 that were going to church nowhere before coming here. Now it's about that other 180. Who's the next 180 we need to reach? That's what, the, that's what the mission is. Next Sunday, Easter. Easter and Christmas are the two biggest days of the year that the unchurched people are more likely, as a whole, more likely to, to come to church. They they're actually expecting one of their Christian friends to invite them to church. They're probably already thinking, I gotta come up with an excuse because somebody's gonna invite me to church on Easter. You know? They're already thinking that. They're already expecting that. So so if you don't, I wonder if they would ever think, I wonder why they never invite me to church. You know? Think about that. These are the times, Christmas and Easter, you need to take advantage of this. Let me ask you this, if I gave you $100, if I said I'm gonna give you $100 for everybody that you can bring to church with you next week that isn't going to church anywhere else, how many people could you bring? Now, one stipulation though, you cannot split the money with them to get them to come, okay? So if I could, okay, let, let's make it really, really interesting. If I gave you a thousand dollars for every unchurched person you could bring with you next Sunday, how many people could you bring? I guarantee you there are people standing here right now that would take vacation this week to be working on that because man, I've only, I don't have to get very many people to come and I could, I could have a month's salary right out of that. Right. Not just a week, you know, Right pastor set you up, didn't he? Did you feel that hook? Then God forgive us when we would work so much harder to bring somebody to church for $1,000 than we will because we care about their eternal soul. How hard would you work this week for $1,000? then I think we should be working at least that hard because we believe in somebody. And, and, and where's your mission field? Your number one mission? If you've got unchurched family members, that's, that's, that's the place to begin. Man, and tell them, say, hey, we got a 9 o'clock service. Come, let's go to 9 o'clock and we beat everybody to Cracker Barrel. Because it's Easter, you know, going to be a lot of people Cracker Barrel. You know, uh, we can beat everybody there. Or, you know, hey, go to the 9 o'clock service. And even if we just go back home, by 11 o'clock, you know, you'd be... Sitting on the on the deck, you know, sipping iced tea. You know, you come to nine o'clock service. W- whatever it takes. You know, you know why we we do this kind of. Thing? We we remind you every year of stuff like this. We do things. Our 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 um, uh, sermon series we're kicking off next week. We're talking about. I'm going to be talking about skeptics next week. God wants skeptics. God encourages skeptics. But the sermon series is I want to believe, but we've got that new website that we're promoting right now, people, and and we're getting hits from people we don't even know, not just our friends and family. We're getting hits from people we don't even know on that website. And why are we doing this? Why? Because of the mission. Because of the mission. This is who we are. This is what we're called to do. And I don't just mean 2911. The mission of the church is to go therefore and make disciples and teach them everything that God has taught us. It's our mission. So I challenge you, I I dare you this week to work as hard because you're concerned for someone's soul to get someone to church with you on Easter as you would work for $1,000 to get them here. I dare you. I'm gonna pray over you. And what I'm gonna pray over you is I'm gonna pray that you're successful in your invitations this week. You know somebody, And when we're done praying, prayer team is here. We want to pray. They wanna pray with you over your needs, whatever your needs are. Okay, please come forward and let us pray with you. But let me tell you this, if you've got someone in your family or in your life that needs to know Jesus, let's pray that today. Let's pray and let's agree that they will come to know Jesus soon. Let's pray that they will come next Sunday. Let's pray they will begin to get some questions answered. Those I wanna believe but kind of things answered. And let's pray that they come to know Jesus really early, really soon. Let's pray that right now. But whatever your needs are, the prayer team is going to be right here. So can I pray this, can I pray this over you right now? Bow with me. Jamie, lead us that final song. Father, I thank you again.